Okay, welcome to the Adams Ward podcast. Uh, this is Sean Anderson. I am going to help out with some of these uh, podcasts. And so today we have Josh Anglesey here with us. And so thank you, Josh, for participating in the Ward podcast. Thank you, Sean. I'm very excited. <laughs> Good. Um, so let's just start right at the top, right? We're going to start right from where you were born, your childhood, maybe a little bit about your family life growing up and um, hobbies, interests, those types of things. Okay. Um, so I grew up I grew up here in the valley, probably a mile from here off of McDonald. Um, was born in Deaconess and uh, I was in the original Pines Ward a uh, long mm-hmm. time ago. So I grew up with a bunch of brothers and sisters. I have four brothers, two sisters, um, and my parents. And I was involved with scouting, um, pretty involved in scouting, friends. Uh, uh, we camped a lot. Where do you fall in line? Uh, I'm number five of seven. Okay. So, yeah, so sometimes they say, five of seven, come here. So, oh, nice. uh, yeah, it's easier <laughs> than remembering names. So, yeah, five of sevens. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, too. So. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was kind of a normal childhood for the time. I had a paper out when I was a kid from ages 11 to 16. It was horrible. It was seven days a week. Got up at 4.45. I hated Sunday mornings. I hated Thanksgiving, day after Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving Day. That was awful. Yeah. But uh, So that was my first experience with work. Did you have and, a bike? You just rode around on a bike? Um, sometimes. Uh I started using a bike and I kept crashing because I was tired, and so I uh, so I just went on to foot. It's safer. Gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Good. Um, so, what kind of hobbies? What what types of things did you do as a kid growing up? Uh, so I I really liked swimming. Uh, the warm weather, summer summertime, it's always swimming. I spent a lot of time. My brother, Tim, and I, he's just older than me. We we would spend a lot of time together. I would tag along a lot. And so we'd play basketball and play catch and swim and things like that and ride bikes till it got dark. But uh, it, was, it was mostly just family stuff. Yeah. Um, I played. I played a little bit of sports. So when I was little, did some YMCA stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I got older, I, I mostly just did uh, church sports. Church sports were a little more uh, interactive at the time right. uh, than now. And so it was, so, so that was fun because kind of most of the seasons there was something going on. But um, I, I played a little bit of football freshman year and, and then I started running start in high school. And so I, I just kind of focused on that. Okay. So do you, what elementary school, which? I went to McDonald Elementary. Go Mustangs. Okay. And then uh, middle school was? Uh, Evergreen Junior High. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then high schools, uh, was it CV, U High? Or? Yeah, so CV. I had a couple siblings that went to U High and then a couple that went to CV. And then Tim is is the off kid. He's kind of the black sheep. He went to Freeman. Okay. And yeah. uh, I but yeah, so I was, I was at CV, but I did run and start through SCC. So I was there pretty much the whole time um, during during the class. And but I did seminary at U High, uh, just because I would carpool with someone from U High to to SCC. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Um, 
after high school. So you graduate. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2001. 2001. Yeah. Okay. So at, when I was 16, I got a job at Target just down the street. Oh, yeah. And it was a really fun job in high school. You wore the khakis and the white uh, oh, and yeah. red shirt. Yeah, red shirt. That looks really good. Like the State Farm yeah. guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it was a fun job. Uh, I had a lot of friends that worked there. And uh, so, I, in fact, I, today's 9-11, and I was, yeah. I was going to work. This was after I graduated before my mission, and I had just gotten to work when, um, when the second plane hit. So I saw that. So that was, that was crazy. But, yeah, that happened while I was working at Target. And uh, so I worked there until um, spring of 2002, and that's when I left on my mission. Okay. So let's talk about the mission a little bit. Where did you go? I uh, so I served in Samara, Russia, mm. two thousand two through two thousand four, and I I loved it. I yeah. I, I love my mission. <laughs> um, it was yeah. So the first winter was was really cold. The second one wasn't quite as cold, but the first one was really cold. It was um, it was on average like forty to forty eight degrees below zero. And that's at the time, that's when I learned that 40 below zero in Fahrenheit is the same in Celsius. So that's when they kind of meet up. Right. And uh, the mission president said we, we didn't need to street contact after like negative uh, 20 below because nobody's on the streets. Right. Um, but we still we still had to make and keep appointments and stuff. And it was it was very cold, but it was fun. Uh, the culture was so different. Did you plug cars in uh, like to keep the battery blocks warm or did no, you know, but, just... but we would, we would drag homeless people onto warm water. Um, uh, oh, really? yeah. So they have, they have exposed pipes. So we would drag them onto oh, warm wow. water pipes. So they wouldn't freeze to death when we'd find drunk people in, in the snow. Uh, so, but no plugging in cars. Gotcha. So what was that? What was the biggest culture shocks? Do you think, um, coming from Spokane to all of a sudden finding yourself in Russia? So it it's very uh, most most of the places I served were so there's paved streets right it's it does have first world capabilities and technology and some lifestyle but it also has touches of third world especially when you go to smaller cities or and villages and so that so that was very different and just uh, the mindset of of someone growing up in exposed Eastern Europe with long history of war yeah to safe Northwestern America, it, it's very different. So learning, kind of learning uh, how a Russian person perceived the world and their part in it, it's very different than, than an American. Uh, but one of the most amazing things was members of the church uh, were very similar to members of the church here. Hmm. Um, so it's interesting that culture can be a unifying thing within the church right. based on belief and lifestyle. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, in Russia, what, how was the reception to the gospel? Did you find it tough to teach people? T- tough to find people to teach, or? Uh, so, so yeah. So it was a little bit of work <clears throat> finding people. Um, the The church was still relatively new. Um, uh, one of my so, I, in fact, me and one elder, we opened a city to missionary work. Mm. We were the first missionaries to live there. Wow. And so for the, for that area, it was completely new. And people were interested, um, wondering who we were and why we were there. But uh, other areas had had missionaries for like eight years, but nothing really before that. So 
so people were interested to find out why Americans were were there because that was their perception. We were Americans, but we had we had missionaries from uh, Hungary and Armenia, Mongolia, and and Russian natives in my mission. So uh, so it, it was interesting as far as that went because we weren't just North American missionaries. But uh, the reception, I would say it was it was good. It wasn't like my some of my brothers served in Latin America, and it, it wasn't like that. But um, but it, I felt like we, we had work to do. Yeah, and, uh, and it, it was good. I, I I felt I felt like I I was able to be a teacher instead of just finding right. constantly. Good. So I've heard you speak Russian to some of my neighbors mm-hmm. in the past. How was that a struggle to learn it? Do you feel like it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a tough language coming. Yeah. So for a native English speaker, Russian's a, a difficult one. Russian, Chinese, Finnish are difficult languages. But um, it, it, yeah, it was hard. Did you have any? Uh, did you take any Russian in school? No, did you still- no. But but I didn't. I when I filled out my paperwork, I I was specifically open to any type of language. So, okay. yeah, yeah. so I was like, no, I'm, I'm willing to learn, learn anything. And in high school, I, I did like two years of Spanish. So that kind of introduced me to the workings of learning a new language, but yeah. just, you know, very basic stuff. So, but it kind of got me introduced into the, the mindset that you have to have. And so it was, it was hard, but um, in fact, it was so hard that after my mission, I wanted to continue to study it. Yeah. So, so you come home off your mission and, and then... What happens next? So I, I came home from my mission. Um, I married my high school girlfriend and just a couple months later mm-hmm. and worked for about six months. And then we I, I got accepted to BYU uh, for their Russian studies program. So we moved down to BYU. We were there for about two and a half years, during which time two of our children were born. And... I studied Russian and Middle East studies with an emphasis on Arabic. My goal was kind of to go to the federal government, uh, work like for the FBI or, or some type of intelligence agency, something like that. So, so that's why I studied uh, Arabic, uh, as well as Russian. Okay. And so you did fulfill that. Just- yeah. Yeah. I did. So shortly after graduation, I, uh, met a, uh, an hiring agent from, uh, NSA, they asked for my resume after they he- heard about my uh, my background as a missionary and uh, my schooling. And they hired me. It was really quick. It was like four months and I was hired. And it was it was it, it was interesting because I, I took a language test, which made sense. But then, you know, they have the polygraph test and uh, yeah. extensive background investigation stuff. And um so it was it was interesting. The polygraph is not a fun experience right. uh, for anybody. <laughs> it's it's several hours and is it better than a podcast? Uh, it's close. <laughs> I just I, I wish you'd take these wires off. Me, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, no, so I so I got hired there and I worked there for about um, so a little under a decade. I was at NSA and that was. Uh, I can't tell you where it's located. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's back east. So, Top secret. So uh, close to DC is where I mostly worked, and it was a great job. It was it was interesting. I got to go a couple places. Um, yeah, as I say, in, ter- in terms of the work that you did there, was it generally mundane, same type of stuff, or did you was it, it always exciting and new? And no, most most intelligence stuff is is boring. And okay, yeah. Not until it's 
uh, added with this other piece of intelligence or this event that happens, that's when it can kind of become exciting. But for the most part, it's, it's, um, it's slow, it's mundane. There's, uh, most of what I did was, uh, translation work and I'd type up reports and I'd give, um, like my expertise in whatever field I was, I was in to, um, to a listening party. Um, so that would, that was mostly what I did. Yeah. Okay. So we're up to, you served, uh, you worked at that job about a decade. You'd had two kids during that time. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. All right. So where do we go from there? So, uh, so when I was still there, we had our third child, uh, Aiden and, uh, he was born in Annapolis, Maryland, and it was about two, 2016 when I, I kind of knew that I needed to to leave and uh, come back west. Uh, we 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 were I I anticipated a, a divorce on the mm-hmm. horizon, and so I I knew that for for my ex wife and for the kids and for me it would be best to just head back west to the Spokane area because all of our family's here. So, so we did that and, and there was a divorce and there was a couple years of trying to figure out what I was going to do uh, as far as a career. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I got a job at Costco pushing carts. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, it was, it was kind of a humbling experience. I, I right. came thinking, well, I have this professional background. I have these great skills but it didn't didn't translate to anything. So yeah. it, it, there was no transference of of any of that. Um, so I was pushing carts at Costco, and then I started working early mornings. And uh, during that time is when I met my now spouse Jane, and we got to know each other. We became pretty good friends. Um, she was a single mom with two girls, and we realized that our families interacted a lot growing up. And I, I was like, wait, I know your mom. Uh, everybody knows Mary Lou right. and Mary Lou's food. Yes. And uh, so, so we, we, yeah, we just became really good friends. And then we, we, I asked her, I said, Hey, we're really good friends. Are you interested in dating? Cause I knew she hadn't, uh, mm-hmm. hadn't dated for a long time. And she said, yep, I'm interested. So we started dating and a year later we decided to get married and we did. And that was uh, uh, 2018. Awesome. So she has two girls, and then our th- and then my three kids. So we have five between us, and the oldest Izzy is now down at uh, St. George studying. So we've got the four still at home. Awesome. Big family. Uh, a lot of a lot of moving pieces, right? Yeah. But I think that's <clears throat> that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, you know having a life plan and having a career path and then everything changes. Right. And then kind of saying, where do I go now? And first off, it speaks volumes to say, I'll push carts at Costco if I have to, right. To provide for my family. Right. So, but then to, to take that and not that there's anything wrong with that, but coming from where your life plan was to that is, as you said, a humbling thing, but it's like in those humbling moments that all of a sudden there's a silver lining and then Heavenly Father's like, yeah, but wait, I've got a plan for you here, right? You're looking at it as a completely life altering. Now I'm here finding myself at Costco pushing carts and he's saying, "Uh, I've got somebody coming for you here. Right. So, yeah. So during that time, during that difficult time of, of, career searching i was blessed with a wonderful woman yeah. we she she and i just we really get along what great and we're, we're we're just best friends 
And uh, I love her girls, and she's a great mom to my kids. And it's it's just her faith has been something that's really helped me too. Um, there was there was a time where I was in office buildings cleaning toilets uh, after I was pushing carts at Costco. Yeah, uh, still looking, and th- this great opportunity fell in my lap. I was um, this company hired me as a contract. Uh, contract employee. They gave me a six month initial contract to translate and write reports, kind of what I was doing, but it was unclassified and it was for uh, more digital companies. Um, and it was a great, it was a great job. And I thought, this is it. This is Heavenly Father's blessing to me. This is going to be my career now. And I'm very grateful. This is, this is exciting. Uh, the yeah. work wasn't as exciting as I wanted, but, but other than that, it was, it was great. And, Suddenly, the contract got cut short, and um, the person that I was filling in for, he came back and declared that he was he was going to take uh, take that position full time, and they offered it to him. Mm. And just like that, I was I was out of a job. Back to square one. Yeah, back to square yeah. one. Um, except, and now I was married, and I had right. and I had a great companion that right. uh, that was supportive, and she. We were talking, and I was looking at job options, and I and I was feeling pretty down. And she said, "Have you ever thought about firefighting?" And I said, "No, I I, I haven't." And she said, "Well, I I think you should." Um, she'd seen me react to a couple different things, like a couple people getting hurt or car accident or whatever, just being the first person on scene, like behind a car accident, yeah, or or watching a kid fall out of a cart at at, at the store. And so she said, yeah, I've, I've thought about it before and I, you should consider it. So I did. I considered it. And uh, three days later, I was in an EMT class to uh, because that, that was the, one of the prerequisites. So I was like, OK. Yeah. So I did that. A couple of months later, I finished that and I started interviewing. And um, Richland uh, Fire Department down in Tri-Cities, uh, they, they offered me a job, uh, which it, it, it was Kind of a Cinderella story, miracle, as far as firefighting goes, because I didn't have any fire background. Um, I'm, I'm older. I, you know, I was 38 at the time and, uh, and I don't live in Tri Cities. So it was just, it was kind of, it was a miracle for me. Yeah. It was. Yeah. But they recognize you can grow a healthy mustache. <laughs> yeah. Which <was> yeah. <laughs> a requirement. <laughs> um, Good. So what's that, what's that been like going, uh, you know, just getting into that job? What's kind of, I mean, obviously there's stories you can't tell and things you see, but how has it changed you as a person, I guess, um, being in, in and around some pretty life altering situations, I imagine. Um, so I, as much as I thought that that other job was going to be it, the heavenly father knew what would be better for me. And, I, I absolutely love it. I, I love going to work. I love doing what I do. I've learned so much and it's become really interesting to me, the medical side and the fire side, going to car accidents, things like that. And uh, there's there's been some awful, awful things that I've been a part of. And it's interesting because uh, the foundation of the gospel has, it, I feel like it helps me uh, process things, um, especially, especially with like kiddos, 
um, if, if a kiddo dies or something awful has happened to a child, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ really is what I go back to. Uh, my testimony of the atonement, uh, what it does for people that um, pass away or are injured or are suffering in some way, and and just the knowledge of of what is beyond this life uh, really helps me a lot. Right, I can um, imagine, yeah. Especially watching other firefighters deal with it uh, without the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I was I was going to ask that question, but you answered it. Just how how your faith and testimony has, has played a role. Um, so maybe, and I think you've probably touched on this a little bit already, but um, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about some of the turning points, maybe a decision or two in your life that's kind of affected the course of your life. And uh, for me, the biggest single decision I've ever made that has affected me positively is the decision to serve a mission. Um, uh, even looking at my job now, I love my job. I love firefighting so much. But uh, my mission has, uh, it's, forever, it's forever changed how I, how I view who I am in the world and what I can become. Um, I, I've, at work, I've been, I've been a part of um, emergency operations where we've saved someone's life, but that, that pales in comparison to watching someone accept Christ into their mm-hmm. life. And, and I, I, th- I think about my mission every day. Uh, I share stories at work, talk to my kids about it, my wife, and it, it is a part of every day for me. Yeah. Um, and, and it really, and it's not the culture experience I had or learning a new language. It, it all comes down to the, the one factor of um, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ how it changed me and how it changed other people. I love that contrast of doing what you do now, which is having the opportunity in some cases to save physical lives, but then also having the, had the experience to save spiritual lives. Right. And, um, that's interesting. That's a, that's a, um, a good point. Um, so maybe we could talk about the progression of your testimony, right? Uh, I imagine for most of us, testimony is not something that just one day we wake up with, right? It's a continual progression. But what's been the progression of your testimony of the gospel? Um, as a young man, I I had kind of a gift of testimony of the of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I uh, the the um, the experience that Joseph Smith had was very um, it made sense to me. And I always felt uh, a great peace about that. And I, uh, had, church was a big part of my life. I had really good friends in church, and I loved seminary, even though I did early morning seminary. <laughs> it yeah. was, I, I, I did love it. I had really good uh, teachers. And who was your seminary teacher? So I, so I had, I had several. Oh, okay. um, one of my favorites was Brother Bischoff. Okay, and he, uh, he was great. He, he. Uh, yeah, he was just a great guy, and he uh, he was a good example of kind of the man I wanted to be. And uh, Sister Selden at the time, so mm-hmm. high, Sister Linarude, she was she was she may have been my favorite. I won't say I have favorites, but she was great too. And um, I 
she, uh, before I left on my mission, she reached out to me and she gave me this poem that she made about me. And she, she said at the end that uh, I reminded her of Peter. And mm. she, she, she said, in my classes, you were always the rock. Oh. And, and I didn't view myself as that, but she did. And so for me, when I went on my mission, I had this idea of I, I'm the rock. I'm, I'm like Peter. And whether I was or not, that didn't matter because somebody believed you because she, she believed I was. And so I, I tried to have that in my mind when I was a missionary, whether I was with a difficult elder or uh, training a new missionary I, I, or, or tr- having trouble finding someone to teach. I just I kept going back to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, so it was really my, it was really just good uh, individuals in my early life. And, and then my mission just sealed it all. That's good. I, that's a, I think that's a point I hope everybody understands, including myself, because sometimes we serve in callings and we don't know the impact we're having. Right. And um, what was her name? Sister. Uh, So it was Selden, then she remarried to Lena Rood. Okay, so um, she told you something that was impactful. She may not have understood how impactful that would be for you throughout your whole mission and throughout your life, right? And so we say things being led by the Spirit. We teach in classes being led by the Spirit. And sometimes we say, does this even matter? Are the kids even registering it? It's early morning seminary, whatever it is, right? Young men's leaders, Sunday school teachers. But um, oftentimes it's those people serving in callings and magnifying callings that are hugely impactful towards the the course of our testimony, right? Um, We have one one last question for you. what does being a follower of Christ mean to you? Um, so I was thinking about this question, and some things came to my mind, but really the, the one that stuck was that a follower of Christ is always looking for ways to accept the atonement daily, um, whether it's repentance or trying to overcome an addiction or trying to forgive someone or just seeking forgiveness. Um, a, a follower of Christ really recognizes that the atonement of Jesus Christ is everything and that, and that we're nothing without it. But through it, we can, we can find forgiveness. We can overcome things. We can, we can uh, have peace in our lives. And, and that's something that can't be, can't be duplicated by the world or, or by the adversary. Right. I love that. Love it. Uh, well, I think that covers all the questions. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? Anything on your mind? No, just that. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. I, was, I was not looking forward to it. I, <laughs> um, not because of you. I love you, but it wasn't that bad, right? No, it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, I, I love uh, being part of conversations, but usually listening. So absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time. So, thank you. Thanks.